1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Barstow Blog on podcast. My name is Josh. I am joined by Nick. Nick has been doing some work for the site, writing some great pieces, and uh, we wanted to have him on to talk about that and a little bit more. So, Nick, how are we doing? Hey, I'm
0: doing great. It's great to be here and to write for the site and be a part of the community.
1: Yeah. So um, just before we get into uh, some of the more interesting topics of conversation, I did want to start off uh, talking about Lionel Messi because I'm a bit bored of talking about it. Um, since we last recorded a podcast, of course, Messi decide, or announced whatever he is staying Um This is mostly due to the fact that uh, they're not letting him leave, uh, so he doesn't really have a choice. Um, How do you kind of foresee this decision? Or I don't even know if it's so much a decision because he was kind of forced into it, which might make things a little more complicated. But how do you kind of see this this messy thing looming over Barcelona's season?
0: Well, it's going to be interesting as the season goes along. I think the biggest question is, Um, You know, how does the team do? Are they winning games? Are they competitive in La Liga? Are they competitive in the Champions League? And if that happens, you know, I could see, I think because expectations are low in a way that benefits Messi and the entire team. Um, So if they're doing well, I could see Messi saying, okay, well, this actually is a project. And if it's a project, then this is something I can be a part of for years to come. Um, If the team's not doing too well, and if they're not buying into Koeman's program, then it gets more interesting. And then the question becomes: Is Messi going to do his final year? Is he going to start looking at other teams? Does it become a distraction? But it really just depends on you know how things go. Are they meeting expectations or not?
1: yeah and it's too early to tell, obviously, but um the reports coming out about kind of Kuman's training regiment and how uh, militaristic I guess his training is in comparison to previous managers um, and i I don't know. If that lends itself or hurts the Messi staying opportunity, um, I, I think it probably helps the Barcelona team overall. Um, but it, it's tough for me to see Messi completely buying into um, a complete... A rebuild at Barcelona looks different than a rebuild at basically every other club in the world. Um, like, they're not... They're not resetting and they're not going to be crap while they're rebuilding. Like I think the difference between Barcelona and every other club in the world is that a rebuild still looks like competing for a Champions League title. And so, right. uh, do you think? Do you, how do you view Kuman's impact over Messi? Because I think um, there were some reports that I don't think were true, kind of talking about how Kuman was like putting his foot down with Messi and all that stuff. I, I don't really buy into that. But how do you how do you foresee Kuman's sort of militaristic training regiment and all that stuff playing into Messi's? um messi's year at the club
0: i think winning cures everything i think more than ever because messi has a few good years left i mean like elite years left and he's going to want to go out on top for his own legacy winning is going to be huge um i mean do you remember the era with Luis enrique the same that i do that messi and Luis enrique you know they weren't like perfect a perfect mesh because he was also somebody who you know he wasn't afraid if you weren't his friends he was a coach who was gonna, you know, just coach the right way and be strong and require discipline and putting the team above the players. Um, and I think in a way that's kind of when Messi flexed a little bit and was like, well, I'm Messi. So if I don't like it, I can speak up. And even though Luis Enrique was a very successful coach, um, we can have somebody else in here and let's get the weak personalities. Players can run the show. So I think with Koyman ultimately, it's gonna benefit the team because they just need a figure like that right now. Uh, One thing that's interesting is, you know, Barcelona has been very successful in La Liga. They have not been very successful in the Champions League. And the question becomes, what does it take to be a strong team in a tournament format where you can get knocked out in one game? And one thing that I'm interested in looking at, and I think might be true, is that's when a coach like Koeman could be really beneficial. You know, getting you ready and disciplined and not distracted when the Champions League comes around because you don't have to be the best team in the world in any given year to do well in the Champions League. And I think that is one area where if we go far and we look strong, once again, exceeding expectations, um, that could be huge for, I think, Messi feeling really encouraged uh, to continue. And the other thing is there's just no guarantee that Koeman continues. If the worst case scenario is you get a new president next spring, um, things aren't looking great, maybe he has some input there, and you can go in a new direction because this is a rebuild year, I think there's a lot of options on the table.
1: Yeah, and so talking about, um, I wanted to chat a bit about Memphis Depay. So was this, and now it seems like it's like kind of leaning towards, if I had to bet, I would say that's actually gonna happen. But when the reports first came out that he was linked to Barcelona, did you actually think it was a realistic possibility or did you just think it was like a, like a Dutch connection kind of thing?
0: Well, I definitely think there's a Dutch connection. Um, well, I'm just looking at, like, the depth chart, and there are so many forwards and so many midfielders on this team. Like, I just get to a point now where I don't know, like, how these guys fit in, especially with Suarez being cryptic about, like, potentially staying now, or at least wanting to stay. Um, Depay is a good player. I know he didn't have a successful time at Manchester United, but over the last few years, he has just been great for Lyon. So I think he could be really good with this team, and I do think a coach has every right to bring in certain players that he he thinks will fit well in the system. So it seems legitimate to me, but uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of competition for those uh, positions up top.
1: Yeah, and like, do you think he even breaks into a consistent role? Because if you look at someone like Ansu Fati, who's going to want more consistent playing time, and like you mentioned, the depth chart's just full of forwards and midfielders. Do you foresee a scenario where Depay comes and gets gets that consistent starting playing time like he actually wants?
0: Well, I don't think anyone's going to get consistent starting playing time unless you just, like, totally break through and have an incredible season scoring lots of goals. Um, you know, with him and Griezmann, I think that's where the competition is.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I I guess if you just kind of said last year, like, hey, uh, in 12 months from now, Griezmann's going to be competing for a starting spot with Memphis Depay. So do you see... Yeah. Um, In terms of like the forward striker attacking position, um, you. You mentioned Griezmann competing with the pie. Like, I, I guess in my head, I kind of thought Griezmann was just going to get that striker role because the whole Suarez, and we can talk about Suarez in a second. Suarez doesn't seem like, you know, like, that's great. You're having second thoughts. Like, you've apparently been told you don't have a spot on the team. So I, I don't necessarily think you have a choice. Um, do you see Griezmann playing that striking, that, that forward attacking role, or do you foresee something else happening?
0: Yeah, well, I really am intrigued by the 4-2-3-1. I think it gives you a lot of options, especially with the forward rules. Um, and the big question is, yeah, does Griezmann play the number nine up top? I think that's most likely. He could also go one step below and play in the attacking midfield, if that's what we want to call that role. But that also depends on more than anything, because things revolve around Messi. If they put Messi in that middle role, in the middle of the field, or if they move him to the um, to the right wing, um, but I think more than the four-three-three, which was getting really stale, and just like it was working because we had the talent to kind of make it work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Th- you have so much more flexibility about how you move players around right now, and it's kind of fun to play with. More than anything though, I think that this benefits Griezmann. I think he's going to see, he's going to get a lot better looks. He's not going to be asked to do things that he's not naturally wanting to do or that he's good at. But I think more more than anything, I think yeah, he's the number nine. And I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, we paid a lot of money for him and he can score goals. He's really good at it. You just got to put him in the right situations.
1: Totally. Great. So talking about Luis Suarez, um, just from like a, a football fan, interesting perspective, which spot do you think he would do better in and you're more interested in seeing him in, uh, Juventus or Atletico Madrid?
0: Oh, I think I see him. I don't see him going to, well, here's the, the thing is actually, I think he has the DNA for Atletico. Like I could see him doing really well under Simeone and being like rejuvenated. But I I don't know. I think that with Juventus, has there been any, um, have they signed Morata yet? Did that happen for sure? Or is no, that still- I, I think
1: mm-hmm. it was just still rumored. I'll Google that. <laughs> but
0: Yeah, uh- well, one, I didn't realize that Morata was valued so high.
1: Um, it's kind of interesting.
0: He gets moved around. I heard like 50 million euros.
1: Yeah, I, I think at the, the the report is that they um, Atletico turned down a 46 million bid from Juventus, so I think they're still talking.
0: Why would they? And Suarez comes so much cheaper. I just don't understand.
1: Age, I guess. I, I don't. I mean, Murata's 27. It's not like he's a spring chicken, but that's that is kind of. Um, I don't really know why Juventus or Juventus would be so interested in him because I feel like if you can get Suarez for so much cheaper, he's like a better option for your short term goals.
0: For yeah, for sure. I think with Barcelona right now, we're just trying to change things up. He's still a goal scorer. Has he lost a step? Yes. But he also is really lethal in front of the goal. If you use him correctly, I could see him succeeding in either situation. I think Atletico is really intriguing though. Even though I, I can't imagine it in my head, I think once he's there, he could do really well under a Simuini system. A lot of forwards do.
1: Yeah. So, I wanted to chat about your uh, most recent article, Continued Dembele and Opportunities for Redemption this year at Barcelona. So there's three kind of highlights and three specific players that I want to chat about. Um, let's start off with kind of the, I think the most, uh, at least for me, the most fascinating and um, kind of the, the highest potential ceiling um, versus where he's at right now is Philippe Coutinho. so obviously coming off the year at byron um, I it, it, it was a strange season to watch him there because I think he definitely had moments where uh, he broke through but at byron were also the the deepest team in Europe um, so he didn't necessarily have uh, a ton of playing opportunities but I think when he did like there, there were flashes and there were moments um how do you kind of foresee his year coming back to Barcelona he's coming back under a new manager um, it's going to be a slightly different looking Barcelona team um, in terms of the roster and definitely in terms of the formation and the tactics. how do you see Coutinho playing playing out this year? Yeah,
0: well, it's a totally different like circumstance than when he first came. I think we got to go back to the way beginning like before we talk about like how he's going to look this year. Okay let's remember that um, the very first thing that happened back in the day was that Neymar decided to leave the team and then we got a whole bunch of money to spend and you know, we went, uh, broke records for Coutinho and for Dembele within like a six month period right away. At the same exact time, we got Ernesto Valverde as the coach and he didn't ask for either one of these two players. We just like gave them to him. So the expectations were we had two guys coming in who were gonna replace a superstar, one of the best players in the entire world and expectations were crazy high. Right now, two years later, we're kind of in crisis mode and no one's expecting Coutinho to be like to be given the starting spot. And then once he has the starting spot to just score tons of goals and shine. Going into this season, we know there's a lot of competition. We know he did you know, well in moments for Bayern, but they didn't need him as like their primary scorer. At this point, we spend a lot of money and it's great just to have him back so we can recoup some of that investment since we can't sell him on the market. So he doesn't have to be like the superstar on the team, like the one, two or three, like best option. He needs to come in and he needs to make an impact and I think the formation change and the tactical change is going to benefit him a lot also you just look at him right now and he seems so much happier like he needed that year away from the team and all that the toxic culture around him with the fans kind of turning on him and you know being away and coming back in with the expectations what they are right now I think that's a better environment um and I think there's a couple different places in this formation where he can play as well and where he can contribute. But at this point, I think it's just a positive thing to have him back. And I think people are, we're gonna be happy with what we get from him because he doesn't have to like be the superstar. He can just be a, a good player on a good team where everyone is expected to be better and to be good and to get some team results, not to be so focused on the individuals.
1: Yeah, like the expectations for him at this point are so low. Like, if any expectation, like I think most people are probably going to kind of forget he's back just because of the messy stuff, as um, Suarez leaving. Like, if anyone's going to be under the microscope still, it's like Griezmann, um, just because he's the more recent uh, big figure signing. Uh, so Coutinho is definitely someone. Like, I guess in that, if it is like a four-two-three-one, do you see him sliding in on that left wing kind of left midfield spot?
0: Yeah, I think that's ideal. Um, I think he'll also play in the middle a little bit. If you want to get the best out of him, I think you play him on the left. But then the big question is, well, Dembele, you have um, Ansu. I think here's the thing that I think is most important. I think Ansu needs to be the a primary, the primary starter. I think he's earned it. And when you're going into a rebuild year, I think it's fun for the fans and it's good for the future to give the young people a chance, the young players a chance. So I think Ansu is going to get some playing time there. I think Coutinho can slip into the middle. I think they can be interchangeable. One comes on as a sub for the other. They kind of contribute different things. Coutinho really does like to play wide and cut in. Ansu, I haven't quite figured out completely exactly the way he likes to play. He seems a little bit flexible. Um, but I think if you're going to get the best out of continuo it's in that left wing spot.
1: And uh, you throw in, you know, you know, Memphis Depay, assuming he comes. So, I I think there's there's an opportunity here, um, like you said, with the formation change, with the um, the the large number of attacking midfielders um, that Barcelona are going to have. There, there, there's an opportunity for Kuman if he's able to figure out some sort of combination where Barcelona are this like Swiss army knife of um, attacking options where you can find the players that play the best together and interchange them all. And you're not relying on, um, you know, Suarez playing, you know, 90 minutes and Messi playing 90 minutes. And if you're able to get away from that, like, let's hope Messi bails us out in the 90th minute and you're able to play the sort mm-hmm. of um, interchanging style of play that Barcelona can hopefully play with this this massive amount of talent they have, um, then I think you could see like I, I think that's like that's the optimistic view for this season is that you see that Swiss Army knife of midfielders like you said a Coutinho for Fazi substitution where like you're scared of both of them because they can do different things and they match up with Messi in different ways. Um, talking about Antoine Griezmann, so another guy who had a very strange first season at Barcelona, just because obviously um, the the shortened season window due to the pandemic and then coming back. Um, I think right before play got suspended due to COVID-19 he had gone under like for me he was like it was kind of up and down like I was very high on his his time and then he had like a couple crap games um, concluding with the, the with the El Clasico it was just a, a dumpster fire um, and then the season got suspended um, and then he came back and it was just kind of the whole team was just kind of a the. And so it was really hard to evaluate him. Um, So I think this is definitely a reset year for him. I think if Suarez goes, I think this could be an incredible year for Griezmann. Um, I I guess outside of Suarez, how do you foresee Griezmann's role in this new Barcelona team?
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be given a chance to really shine. He's going to get a lot of minutes, especially up front. Uh, He made a point, and I think this is true, that, you know, especially for a forward who's expected to finish and if he truly is going to be that number nine forward up top, the striker. Sometimes it does take a little bit of time to get chemistry with the players on your team, the ones who are going to set you up. And you said with Mbappe, it took time. So with Messi, it takes a little bit of time too, until you're really clicking on a high level. But like you said, it's not to say he didn't have good moments last year. He didn't score goals because he did. It's just that with Atletico, he was like the best number nine in the world for a while. And we expect him to be like, you know, one of the best number nines, I say number nine, but you know, because I that's truly how I see him as being like in that role up top. Um, and if that's true, and if the entire team is playing better, and it's not just let's rely on Messi at the end of the game to score a goal, have some magic and bail us out. And everyone is being utilized, the Swiss Army knife metaphor that you said, then he's going to benefit from that too, because they're going to have better combination players from every part of the field. And when you build up and you finally get into the box, he's going to be right there. He's going to be able to score lots of goals.
1: And so finally, talking about Usman Zembele, um, the injury-prone superstar that I think still has a chance to uh, be a very impactful player on Barcelona. I don't think he's going to be the... I mean, he was he was unfairly billed as, like, the Neymar replacement. Like you said, him and Coutinho were both grabbed right after the influx of Neymar money. Um, they were both thrown into a situation with Valverde where they didn't really fit his style and what he wanted to do necessarily. I think Dembele fit it a little bit more, but just was hurt all the time. Um, if he comes in with the expectations, which I think now the expectations are fairly set that he can be a role player... Um, what do you expect from Dembélé this year?
0: Yeah, if he's healthy, I think he could honestly be. I've always said I think he could be one of the big, one of the best players on the team and the one to really build around for the future if he's healthy, because he's so dynamic. We talk about like, you know, Barcelona for so long was we're just the technical team. We need players who can come in and are more technical than anyone else in the entire world. And They can pass the ball around, possess. And that's, that's really important to have. And he's not the most technical player, but he's the guy who is going to be able to make an impact and break down defenses. So one thing that's interesting about this new formation is if you see the way that Byron uses it, their fullbacks are so much a part of the attack. And they're getting up the wing and they're like providing a lot there. I have yet to really like see Semedo as that kind of player. I've heard that you know we don't want to use Sergio Roberto as a fullback anymore. I think Coyman said that, like he should be playing in the midfield because that's his natural position. But right now, I don't know. I think we might see Sergio Roberto as a fullback because we don't have a lot of options. And then with Jordi Alba, like what can he contribute offensively down the flank as well? If the if the fullbacks can't get involved there, then it's gonna fall on someone like Dembele to stretch teams and to keep them honest and to use his pace. Because I don't see anyone else on the team that really has that ability. And but it's all about you know him being healthy. And I heard that the new training staff is great, too, that they're looking at him in a different way, looking at his body, how to keep him healthy, how to keep him right um, in ways that he didn't get the same attention with previous staffs who were there the last few years.
1: Yeah, and that could be incredibly encouraging. Like you said, the health is the most frustrating thing with him, and obviously it's frustrating for him. But but it's not frustrating like in the same way that you get frustrated when someone's acting like a baby. It's frustrating because like he... um, I the the one Barcelona game I've able to I was able to see in person was a preseason match against Napoli last year in Miami and like he was the one guy that just exploded off and I, everyone says that when you see him in person it's like it's jarring how much faster he is than everyone and his acceleration and his pace um, and so it's just he's just someone that you continue to hope he can stay healthy because like the potential he has is just you want to see it realized um,
0: yeah and also just to add on to that he um, sometimes you would look at that you'd feel like he was just doing this on his own accord, not because it was tactical, just because he was fast. But it almost seemed like some of his teammates didn't quite know how to adapt to him being there. So it was just like, he has pace, he'll do it, he's going to hang out there. When you get him the ball in transition, he's going to take off, and he's going to create opportunities. But I think it is up to the coach again to use him better and also find a way to just develop some chemistry with the teammates because it almost be like Dembele takes off, and then Messi just watches him take off. And then other players are just like, well... He can do it on his own, and maybe he'll get to the box and we'll get some service out of it. So with all of these players, whether it's Coutinho or Dembele or Griezmann, there has to be a plan, and I think the emphasis has to be on coaching. And if Koiman fails, he fails. He tried something. He truly experimented. But the problem the last few years is that I don't think there's any coaching going on. There there was no real vision for how to use the players. So I think that when we talk about redemption and some hope going into the season, um, it's that we actually have new ideas coming in and you experiment and you try, and if you're truly trying, then and they don't they don't work. You can get you know try something new, but the effort has to be there to actually work with these players in the right way.
1: Totally agreed. So just before we go, um, thoughts on the, the potential that um, uh, Georgino? Well, yeah, I, I can never pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. It, it, Wijnaldum. It, Wijnaldum. Yes, I always want okay. to say <laughs> with, with Janaldum, um, Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. Okay. Do you? His, he's obviously like, I think he's a very good midfielder. Um, one thing that Barcelona have a lot of is midfielders. Um, I, I think you know, assuming Vidal leaves and obviously Rakitic has left, uh, there's going to be a little more space. Is he someone who you can see sliding in well at Barcelona, or is this just another thing where like Depay, like he's a good player, but there's just like he's he's Kuman's guy, and so that's why he's being linked.
0: Yeah, that's that is the risk with Depay and with Winaldo. What if Koyman isn't the coach a year from now and there's a new coach and now you have a new coach who's kind of, I don't know what the contract situation is going to be, but stuck with players that they didn't necessarily want. Um, I think the best case scenario for Wijnaldum is he turns into another Rakitic, someone who is super reliable, like you can always depend on him, kind of forget he's even there because he's just doing his job over the years. And then five years go by and you're like, wow, that guy was an excellent Barca player over those five years. With Liverpool, who I love watching, to me, like the last three years or so, if you wanted to watch fun, good soccer, that was the team to watch. I was never like, why all of them? That's why I'm showing up to watch this game. But he scores goals when you like least expect him to. He's just like always in the right place at the right time. I'm pretty sure that when Liverpool beat us in the Champions League, he got a few of those, or at least one of them in the big moments. And he is strong def- um, defensively. So if we're going to try something new, more of that type of midfielder to see if that works in our system compared to what Busquets gives you, I think the contrast could be really interesting. And then you have opportunities to experiment. And this year could be fun if we just experiment and um, and figure out what works
1: yeah it'll be fun and they'll let them experiment like you said as long as they're winning um there's just there's never never room at barcelona to experiment without winning unfortunately um nick thank you for joining me you can all check out nick um at Blogranas and on his personal site soccernews.substack.com substack Substack is great Um, i'm glad you have one um nick thank you for joining us awesome thank you